What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie, presented by Student Union Sports. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry. We've got a great show for you. Let's get into it. On today's episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast, as you can probably tell by the title, we've got the guys from Horse, Mike Schubert, and Adam Mamawala. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to check out some more of their stuff, you can follow Mike on, on Twitter at Shub17. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Mamawala or their Twitter page for the podcast at horse underscore hoops. Uh, really cool conversation. You can all find it on Apple Podcasts. Just type in horse. Should be one of the first ones that pop up, but really cool guys, uh, and I'm excited to get into that interview. So let's do it. Here they are, the guys from Horse. We are now joined with a very special get well guest. This is actually my first three-person Zoom call interview, so I'm very excited. It's the guys from Ho- the Horse Podcast, Mike Schubert and Adam Mamawala. How are you guys doing? Doing good, well. Man. How are you? Good, good. I, yeah, I, I'm excited. This is uh, it's new for me seeing getting to see uh, different faces here. I hopefully won't get too distracted throughout the entire interview process. I think it's it's new right about now. It's new for anybody to see any new faces in mm. general. Yeah, that, that, that's a very good point. It's a very good point. So let's talk here a little bit about your podcast first. Uh, have you had as difficult a time as I have coming up with content? throughout the entire quarantine process. So thankfully for us, a lot of horse focuses on either sharing stories from the history, uh, one of our uh, NBA, we always tell ridiculous stories from the NBA's past. So that has been pretty simple. And then three on three, our other segment, we usually just pick like the three best and three worst, something subjective. So again, uh, doesn't necessarily have to be evergreen. Mm. We had a little bit of trouble doing the news in between, but now, at least in the past two episodes, it's like there's too much to cover. There's too much happening with like Elena Deladon and all of the player stuff going on and quarantine and like, should we even be doing this anymore? So I think that there was a <laughs> the podcast or of, basketball of wondering. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of that, but I think now that the games are starting to start, it's almost like there's too much happening where I feel like I need a breather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam, have you been feeling the same way from that standpoint? Um, I guess a little bit. And I also, I, I do a baseball podcast as well. And it's been the same sort of thing where it's like, what exactly are we talking about? So we've, we've kind of resorted to doing, trying to do more like player interviews and, and things that we wouldn't ordinarily be able to do. But um, I'm, I'm newer to horse. So I just uh, joined as the co-host like two episodes ago. Prior to that, uh, there was another uh, co-host, Eric Silver, who was there for the first, I guess, what, like 50 episodes, Mike? Yeah, first two years. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm newer to it anyway, but um, I don't know. I think it can be, for anybody who, who's a sports fan right now, I feel like this can be an opportunity to delve into areas that we maybe wouldn't have had time for before. Because like when the season's ongoing, you're only really going to talk about the season most of the time, whereas mm-hmm. now it's actually worth exploring some random story from 20 years ago because what the hell else is there to talk about? Right now, there's a lot, but I'm saying like, you know, a month mm-hmm. ago when really nothing, nothing was happening. Yeah, no, I mean, speaking for me personally, I think I was able to get a couple interviews that I would have otherwise not gotten because they've been yeah. busy, but it's like, you know, you know, why not come on to a, a podcast and, and come for an interview? So it's been, I'm, I'm with you guys in this similar boat, like it's been good and bad, but 
now we're getting to the point where Mike, like you said, there's just too much content. And that kind of leads into this other point, which you kind of mentioned. I know our, our whole like jobs kind of feed off of there being sports, but are you guys hesitant about these, all of these restarts? I mean, we've seen the MLS had to postpone a couple of games. Some teams didn't travel. Uh, and I can only imagine that's what it's going to be like for a lot of these other leagues. Are you, let's talk bubble NBA bubble specifically. Are you hesitant on the restart, even though, I mean, it's kind of what, what it, the, you know, the podcast is based around. I mean, I, yes, I, I think, um, <laughs> I, I think the, the, the main concern that I have is like a misallocation of resources because the idea of sports in general, especially right now, is a distraction for people and something for people to do. And I realize that there's a ton of money involved and it's not as easy as just saying like, oh, well, it's not 100% safe, so just forget it. Um, but when I think about the fact that players in all leagues might have access to medical care or to tests that are better needed elsewhere, especially for medical personnel in a place like Florida, it seems a little silly to to be doing this. And I mean, again, not to not to talk too much baseball on a basketball podcast, but like baseball was considering a few months ago only having games in Arizona and Florida and think of how much of a nightmare that would be oh, right now. So, I mean, even those, those crazy like the NBA rings that they were going to have players wear that were going to mm -hmm. like magically test them for COVID <laughs> symptoms. It's like, are NBA players most in, in need of, of that? So, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I want it to happen selfishly because I love sports, but I also realize that it's maybe not the best time for any of it. I feel like all of this would just be very different if we weren't the worst country at COVID. <laughs> like I feel like the problem with all of this is because we're so bad at it. And from multiple angles, like the first angle of, of what Adam brought up is like all of these resources. I was listening to the low post Zach Lowe's podcast yesterday, and he was talking to a reporter that, from ESPN that's been there like reporting everything and she was like yeah every bus driver gets tested every day it's like we probably should be testing other people like <laughs> I, I understand why they're doing it but like if we're testing the same person every day for the past however long they've been there that's a bunch of other people that could have gotten tested and then from the other perspective of just safety like it makes more sense of why these European soccer leagues have gotten back because like the countries have their shit together and we very much do not and then the third thing is like Basketball is a very, not necessarily like a contact sport where you're tackling each other, but it's very much a up in your face-to-face, -face, not socially mm. distant safe at all sport. At least baseball and soccer can like kind of get away with that. But basketball, like if one person gets it, the whole roster of people playing in that game are going to get it. And yeah, and at least, at least uh, baseball and soccer are outside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it doesn't feel... and then they put a bunch of money to it and it feels just like a big sunk cost fallacy of well we already took all the steps so we're gonna do it whereas things are so bad right now it's it's unfortunately like very parallel to the school thing where it's like well school's supposed to come back so we should come back it's like maybe let's wait until we're not a terrible in a terrible situation from it mm -hmm. yeah definitely and that kind of so adam i'll ask this question to you because you've got the mm -hmm. baseball podcast is there is it kind of a lesser of two evil situation like do you prefer the bubble to playing geographically or what's your what's your take on the two uh styles that the MLB yes, and the um, nba are using yeah well i i think the thing that, that becomes tough about baseball is that while being in florida right now is probably not good for anyone let alone a major sports league 
at least everyone there is confined to that area theoretically, unless they get mm -hmm. hungry, which we'll talk about later. But, uh, <laughs> you know, at least everybody is dealing with the same set of circumstances. Whereas in baseball, depending on who's in your division and what teams you play, you might be traveling to far more dangerous areas. I mean, I'm, I'm a Chicago guy, so I'm a Cubs fan, and they get to play in a fairly concentrated area in the Midwest that at least at this point does not include any of the major hotspots. But if you're a team that's playing the Diamondbacks a lot, or if you're playing the Marlins or the Rays a lot, all of a sudden, not only are you traveling farther just geographically, but now you're in a place that's not as safe as where you just came from. So I feel like baseball probably has a higher chance of things going wrong because people are going to be out and about. Theoretically, if the NBA can keep everybody contained and safe within those parameters, they'll be okay. But even that seems unrealistic because all the other people who work there, I don't know. It just, it seems, I, I, have, I have a hard time believing that any sports league that's playing right now will be played to completion. I would love mm. for it to happen, but I, I just, I have some concerns. Yeah, no, definitely. And this question, I'm going to be honest, didn't come up with it. I like, it's been asked by nearly anybody who has a halfway interest in the NBA, uh, but I want to get your guys' opinion on it. So I'm going to ask it anyways. Does the restart, the NBA restart, the team that wins the championship, will there be an asterisk next to it? I think there will be, but there should not be. I, I feel like if you win this year, it's almost, like, it's almost like a badge of honor. If you go through all of the stuff that went down this year and you still win, I feel like you shouldn't really give it an asterisk because really you could put an asterisk on any single season. Last mm -hmm. year, you can be like, oh, well, the Raptors only won because KD and Clay got hurt. Uh, or, you know, the the LeBron year where he lost to the Spurs, you'd be like, oh, it was the cramps. Or like when the Warriors beat the Cavs the first time, it was like, oh, it was because Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt. Like people do this shit every year. So I think people are going to do it, but I don't think you should. Um, mm. Now, maybe if a team I don't like wins it, like if the Lakers <laughs> win it, yeah, we should probably risk on it. But if the Bucks win it, we should feel good for Milwaukee. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, and I think it's it's very much dependent on how it turns out in terms of how each of us individually thinks about it. Like, if it's your team, which as a Bulls fan, it will objectively not be. Uh, so Mike Mike is a Knicks Mike is a Knicks fan, so we are both in the uh, in the eight teams that are not participating, mm -hmm. um, which frankly is fine. I I you know there's only so much of watching the Bulls a person can take, but um, you know I I think in in any sports league there. If, if your team doesn't win, it's going to be very easy to be like, yeah, it wasn't really like a legitimate season anyway. But again, everybody's dealing with the same weird season. So in the context of playing that weird season, there is still going to be a winner and loser, theoretically. And no, we, we, we will never know how things would have panned out if the pandemic... But I, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it should be considered something that we look back on and we're like, oh, it, that doesn't even count. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I lean towards what Mike was saying. I think there's going to be an asterisk regardless, but if, you know, it depends on who's, who wins it, whether or not we'll talk about it a lot. You know, like if you right, hate, right. you know, if, if you don't like Giannis, then the Bucks winning, and you know, the restarter or, or if you, you don't know, like LA Giannis, or... what is wrong with you? He's such <laughs> a nice, lovable human. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, just an I guess I, I mean, the easier one is yeah, to say yeah, if, you, if you hate LeBron. Oh, yeah, the then... LeBron one, that's going to be the biggest thing. Well, that's going to be what's, what's so interesting is, you know, you think about how much the world has changed since earlier this year. And I mean, back to, you know, February or early March, the narrative was like, 
you know, if the Lakers win, it's going to be this season that was for Kobe. Mm-hmm. And not that people don't think about that a lot, but so much has happened mm-hmm. in, in the past, you know, four or five months that I think the just the tone of the entire season has changed. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so let's let's get into some some storylines here inside the bubble. Uh, the first one, my favorite story, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it uh, JaVale McGee uh, went on Instagram Live going down a water slide with Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> I saw uh, this. Which is which could only be outdone by Taco Fall riding around on a bike. I mean, I just love seeing seven-footers, seven-footers plus, doing like normal human things because it doesn't look like normal human things when they do it. <laughs> and then... Oh my gosh. And then I assume uh, Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall on a bike and did a 360 and still <laughs> lost the dunk contest. Yeah, Dwayne Wade still gave him a nine for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh man, I had not seen the JaVale McGee thing. That's incredible. So he was he was literally holding his phone going down a water slide. Mm-hmm. Which it wasn't, I, at first I thought it was like one of those bigger ones. So I was a little bit like, you know, is he gonna, is he gonna lose his phone? But I think everything was fine. So yeah, it was just him. So he had it. He had it on like his legs going down the slide and then halfway through he switches it to his face and he's like, Woo. <laughs> it's, it's one of the, the better videos that I've seen from this past week for sure. That's amazing. It's also a great uh, subliminal advertisement for waterproof phones. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, it just makes me laugh at, I think it was Rondo who compared, he made an Instagram thing or a Snapchat saying that the hotel they're staying in was like Motel 6 vibes. It's like, dude, if your hotel has a water slide in it, please shut up. Mm. Yeah. yeah, honestly, like, I mean, at this point, you know, I, I don't know. I, I understand what they're saying because they're accustomed to, you know, a certain lifestyle. But like, for example, even John Morant, when he was like, the food's fine, everything's fine. I'm not a silver spoon type of guy. Like that was such a good quote give him rookie of the year for that quote i don't care <laughs> just, about his stats just for just, that yeah quote. just alone i mean like you, you think about it or same with like kyle kuzma he was like i'm from flint mm-hmm. like this is this is great you know this is fantastic i think um i mean yeah not everyone's gonna get those fancy suites you know there's only so many lebrons and 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 uh Giannis dame, out dame lillard's yeah, yeah exactly dame lillard uh but I don't know if you guys have heard uh, some of the things that, that guys have brought with. I don't know if you want to jump in here, but my favorite is, I think it was Reggie Jackson said, Montrezl Harrell brought a, a portable sauna with him. So I had to Google it. It's literally like, it's like a tent, like a single person tent with like a, like a little heater in the back. And you just, you just sit in it. And that's, and he brought that with him. Yeah, I mean, Oh, perfect. I mean, that's well, good for him, Well, I perhaps guess. Does, does that give you some context as to why a man with a personal sauna that he travels with wouldn't want a cheap sandwich from... Uh... <laughs> these yeah. are the kind of lives these people lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something that I saw, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I think it's the most confusing is PJ Tucker. I know he's obsessed with his different shoes and stuff. And there was a little Instagram video of all of the shoes that he brought. And like, I get that you like to collect shoes, but it just seems exhausting to have that many different shoes. Like I always feel bad that I usually overpack stuff when I go on trips of like, Oh, I want to make sure I have like a bunch of fun outfits. But like, we're talking about me bringing like maybe three pairs of pants for a weekend trip. And you could be like, Oh, that's excessive. You're there for three days. Do you really need a different pair of pants every day? Like, do you really need multiple pairs of shoes for every single, like I'm not exaggerating when the man brought like 50 plus shoes. It just feels like a waste of luggage. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of waste of luggage, I don't know if you guys heard, but Luke Walton actually dedicated an entire suitcase to just coffee. 
Like he brought his, that his French press. That seems incredibly silly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was making it up, but I was reading it. And I was like, geez, some of the things that like, you know, I guess, I guess it's good to think ahead because you're there for a couple months, but I'm with you. Like at a certain point, it's like, wh- where's, where's the line, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, we're, we're what? a week and a half into this bubble and we have it's like reality tv there are just so many mm-hmm. storylines mm-hmm. uh Rishwan holmes i think i don't think i said that right but eh, it's all good uh he had to quarantine for a couple more days because he accidentally left uh the the line of i don't i don't know what it was exactly to pick up some food yeah uh, at the behest of uh kelly Ubre tweeting my guys my nba guys you can get delivery food it's okay and then eight hours later tweeting lol never mind <laughs> yeah I, I think i remember seeing that on on your guys's instagram that, oh, those so collection funny. of collection of tweets is like oh just kidding but oh, here's the real question on a serious note what restaurant are you guys leaving quarantine for like what bottom line like regardless i don't care about the nba season i want to get this meal right now mm. So I've I've thought a lot about this, and I finally have an answer with it. Adam, I don't know if you ever went here growing up in New Jersey, but I would leave quarantine for Di Lorenzo's pizza, no question asked. Ooh. Absolutely no questions asked. I feel like pizza for me, I grew up in a, in a very Italian part of New Jersey, and my pizza standards are very high. So I like am so hit or miss with pizza that there's only like a few places that I deemed like worthy to go get pizza from. So if one of those places like that or Scars in New York, um, if one of those places is available, I'm going to I'm going to bounce. I'm going to risk it. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big pizza guy. Uh, I've actually so I, I respect overpacking because I <laughs> I came down to my I'm still in my my parents house and uh, I came down here with like a week and a half worth of clothes in mid-March so I am I'm all in on overpacking for the rest of my life so this never happens again um and also I've I, I left half a pizza in my freezer in mid-March and I've been thinking about those four slices of pizza for the past four months just wondering is it still edible when I get back and I'm gonna try it I'm going back this weekend I'll it's let you frozen. guys know Come on. I think oh, it's fine. no um I would say I would go go all in for a uh, like a luxury burger. I don't know what's in Florida, but like a you know, in and out five guys that that sort of meal. I think I would be I would be willing to cross the uh, cross the line for. Look, you said luxury burger and then you said in and out. I'm going to be honest with you, like that something's not adding up there. The, get this two... man, get this man a water burger. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Being from Texas, there you go. What a burger. I mean. Look, we can get in. We can get into this in and out stuff, but I think it's, I think it's blown out of the water, and I think I've lost all my too. listeners in California. But <laughs> it's something I'm passionate about. I, I will say this about in and out: I think the burgers are very good. I think the fries are maybe the worst fries I've ever had anywhere in my life. They're mm. soggy and horrific. I also yeah, just don't think. I also just don't think it's cute if your place's whole shtick is, "Oh, we only have one thing on the menu." <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why you act like that's cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you must not know about the secret menu. Yeah, the secret menu is just like getting their same shit in different ways. It's like, oh, this time, there's more <laughs> animal style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want, yeah, you want animal fries? Sure, we'll just slap a piece of cheese on the fries, and then <laughs> secret menu. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely very aesthetic. But like like you said, few things on the menu, and then you have to wait so long. So it's like long. you think if you're only serving three things that you could get it out 
Dude, pretty quickly my language speaking my language <laughs> dude i was so, in i, I was in texas in, for 10 yeah. years i had this argument so many times mm. i yeah it's not it's definitely not worth the wait it's like if you can just go right in and eat it i think it's a, a much better burger than you're gonna get at like mcdonald's but i was in la in uh in january and i went to get in and out one time and i just drove around a parking lot for 40 minutes and then drove home <laughs> funny that the restaurant is called in and out when it is yeah. very much Sit not that yeah, yeah, sit and wait is new new restaurant idea. <laughs> same same logo, same everything. Just change change those words. Mm-hmm. So now that I, now that I've been mm-hmm. uh, mercilessly like attacked, I'll just say uh, burger, uh, just burger, generic burger. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you planned on coming on to a sports podcast, getting roasted for saying In and Out was a a premium burger. But look, that's that's what we do here. That's what, what I'll say. We're Shake all Shack. About. I'll I'll, rep, I'll represent New York better. I'll Ooh, say there you go, there I'll you say go. Shake Shack. Okay, so one of the things that we've been doing a lot of, we being fans and like analysts alike, is trying to predict how things are going to happen. So, for example, I was reading earlier this week, Kevin Pelton simulated how the this NBA restart was going to go down, uh, but he did it a thousand times, which, I mean, out of all the numbers, like, why stop there, right? If you've got a good system going, I mean, what what is your ideal amount of simulations you think Kevin Pelton should have tried this NBA restart at? Probably zero. Do something better, man. I don't know. Like, read a book. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get doing these projections and stuff, but like, in a normal circumstance, sure. But we're doing COVID world where your whole projection could go out the window if, like, if a, if a significant player gets COVID and has to leave, it's game over. Like, yep. if Kawhi gets it, like, I don't know. I, I, may, I get that he's bored, but like, I don't know. Spend, I don't know what, what his family situation is, but like play connect four with your kid. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, the thing is you could do a thousand simulations or a million simulations. It's still not really going to be a good estimation of what's going to happen because to Mike's point, like we don't know who's going to be playing the whole time. Like I, I cannot think of a worse time to try to bet on sports. Mm. Oy. Yeah. Or do fantasy or any of that. Like you just, we have no idea what's going to, you're not going to do, if you do a fantasy draft and then you waste your first pick on, you know, LeBron and then he doesn't play halfway through, where does that get you? Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Uh, it's, it's such a, like a, a minute by minute thing at this point now. Mm-hmm. It's not even, we can't look ahead, even though what, look, I will say in his defense, I think he is, like he's the numbers guy. For yeah, you it know, is his thing. And I think it was, it made more sense when like early on, I think him doing this made more sense before COVID like had this second wave where we were actually like, oh, things are really bad. Because he was doing it when they released, <clears throat> when they released the, uh, like the, the, how the structure worked and everyone was very confused about like who actually has a chance. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that when it was like, do the Wizards actually have a shot at making the playoffs? Does it make sense that they're here? I think now though that it's like, I, th- I think that the concern has gone from, oh, this, this structure is strange to where it's like people are maybe going to get sick because uh, Florida is rough right now. So I think it's more of just like prior- priority switched. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and another one of the things that we've seen in the, uh, in the bubble is the bubble hotline, I guess, which has become mm-hmm. uh, pretty big in the news recently. The snitch line? The snitch line. Yeah, exactly. As who was it? It was a Spencer Dinwiddie called it that, I think. 
A lot uh, of people have. I'm going to go on record with what may be a hot take, but I think that the real snitches are the people telling shams about how many people have used the snitch hotline. Like, mm. you don't want to stigmatize it to where people aren't going to use it. Like, I know people are like, well, Chris Paul is going to like rat on people. But I don't know. <laughs> if someone's walking around without a mask, being Rudy Gobert and coughing on people, yeah, I'm going to call that line and be like, hello, I would like to not die. This person did this, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. But I guess at a certain point, where do you guys draw the line? Like, where's obviously like not wearing a mask or breaking protocol, but like, you know, if I know I'm going game seven against like the Rockets and I see James Harden, like, I don't know, bringing somebody into the hotel, like, I'm, I'm making the call, I think. It's, oh, yes. You know, I, and I can hide behind the, the morality of, of trying to keep everyone safe from COVID, but also at the same mm-hmm. time, keep them out of a key game seven game, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if Tyler Hero is just going to be hanging out with Instagram models on yachts, we got we to gotta call somebody about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I, I agree. It's like a matter of discretion. Like if somebody pulls their mask down for a second to take a sip of Gatorade, I don't think the, you know, the hotline needs to be called. But if somebody is like blatantly disregarding the protocols, whether it's bringing somebody in or uh, getting delivery food or anything that would be like a genuine danger to someone. Um, I don't think people should be dissuaded from doing that. But yeah, it is interesting because it's like you could use that strategically to try to get somebody in trouble or, or to, uh, to not be able to play. Yeah. And, and I want to know as far as like, do you need proof? Like, can I just call up, and say like LeBron's doing something without having to have any basis for it. Like what's, what's going to be the plans in place to figure that out. That's what I'm most interested in. I think <laughs> Le- LeBron is walking around licking everything. He can't play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I don't know. There's, there has mm-hmm. to be some, there has to be some sort of like vetting process. Cause you can't just like wildly make accusations, but I guess maybe it's like, it's like a tip line and then they look into it the way that if you like call a tip line in real life, somebody's going to investigate, but that doesn't mean that like someone's going to get in trouble necessarily. I'd also yeah. imagine that this place has a lot of cameras. So maybe mm. they would go to the evidence room and see if LeBron really was licking everything. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. That's going to be my big takeaway from this conversation is just imagining LeBron going around, just <laughs> licking random parts of the Orlando campus. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're I'm gonna let you guys go here in a bit, but in the spirit of predicting things, I gotta know finals prediction NBA champion. I'm I'm gonna just take the the logistical approach and think of the the team that relies most on one person and just think purely from a numbers perspective. Like as long as this person doesn't get sick, they're gonna be okay. And I'm gonna say the Bucks, uh, just because like as long as Giannis doesn't get sick. I think they're in great positioning. Uh, so that's who that's who I'm going to say. It's also who I hope wins because I don't know the last time Milwaukee uh, uh, won a title. So I think it would be very nice if they were able to pull it off. Yeah, I would. I would love to see the Bucks win. Um, I don't. I, I unfortunately, I still am leaning towards the Lakers. Um, I still think as much time has passed, I, I do still kind of feel like they they really want it this year even more than they ordinarily would have because of, uh, you know, what happened earlier in the year. So there, there are a lot of good teams, but uh, yeah, I, I actively don't want the Lakers to win, but I, I think I would still have my money on them. Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, 
the the most boring answers make the most sense you know what i mean like yeah i'm glad you guys didn't come out and be like oh the pelicans are running the table but like <laughs> unfortunately that's that's just how the nba rolls it's going to be like a one or two seed final matchup and an eventual yeah. winner but i think that's all the time we got here thank you guys so much for coming on if you want to listen to more of their episodes you can check out the horse hoops podcast apple podcast spotify i'm assuming wherever you get your podcasts at this point yeah uh, it's everywhere just search for horse okay and then, and then uh, you can follow them on Twitter at so ours is the, hoops. The, the, is the one that's actually about basketball. Okay. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Not about any, if anything's <laughs> about horses, you were in the wrong, you're in the wrong spot. Um, <laughs> I, I secretly hope that horse podcasts are very upset with us for coming, coming in and, and destroying their SEO. <laughs> oh, who's what, what's, they're not even talking about horses. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would like to uh, just mention some, some concerns I have about the equestrian bubble. <laughs> i mean the well, kentucky next, derby like got delayed or something yeah it'd be interesting yeah. <laughs> next next time next time we'll, we'll get on and we can talk we can talk horses for real yeah whole time didn't even mention a horse once uh but you can also follow these guys on instagram uh mike at shoe 17 and adam at let's see if our adam mama walla perfect it's just his full name right there there you uh, go but thank you guys so much for coming the on joys of and, a unique name yeah exactly yeah, there's not there's so many jonathan terry's out there i can't it's too hard for me unfortunately yeah, yeah. i feel but, your pain mike schubert is like john smith over in germany it's rough <laughs> for me all right well fellas thank you so much for taking the time and we'll have to do this again real soon yeah sure thing, safe, man. Man. thanks, thanks for lot. having us so naturally uh since we talked a lot about basketball here in that interview great interview by the way love having those guys on uh we got to end the show here talking a little football so we're going to go into some of these contract details um, that have been recently signed because the deadline passed. Um, some guys that didn't get signed, what it means for them. Uh, we're going to do part six of the divisional power rankings. But what I want to, where I want to start today is uh, the hashtag we want to play, which has been going around here early this Sunday morning. Um, Tom Pelissero had a great tweet that kind of explains what's going on. So it started with J.J. Watt um, here and a couple other guys. Uh, Russell Wilson was was tweeting about it. Byron Jones was tweeting about it. Malcolm Jenkins, Brandon Graham. So it seems like they're all on the same page of something here. Um, so basically, a medical committee recommended that there be a 21-day acclimation period before the start of training camp. Um, and the NFL asked the players to show up two weeks early to accommodate it. Basically, they said no. Uh, and then they they shortened the acclimation period to to have those two preseason games but the players don't want any. So right now what they're focusing on is staying healthy and making sure they continue to be healthy. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it pans out here in the next few days because they are supposed to start uh, reporting for training camp. Um, and they don't really know how things are, are going to be broken down here. Like they don't really know what the, the issue is. Like I'll read a tweet here that JJ Watt threw out. Um, he says, once again, in the interest of keeping everyone as informed as possible, here's an updated list of what we as players know and don't know as the first group gets set to report to training camp tomorrow. Hashtag we want to play. So he went in his notes app and he said, bullet point, we want to play. We want to be as safe as possible. The NFL can mandate that players show up to training camp regardless if any agreement has been reached between the NFL and the NFLPA. We still have not been granted the full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staffs. We still do not know if there will be daily testing, every other day testing, etc. We still do not know if there will be preseason games or not. We still do not know how a positive COVID test will be handled in regard to others in close contact, in the huddle, directly engaged with, etc. 
A strong and fair opt-out clause for those at higher risk or those with family members at higher risk has still not been agreed upon. If players do not show up on time, they can be fined or considered in breach of contract, even in health and safety protocols have not been agreed upon, or IDR, infectious disease emergency response plans, have been approved. And bottom line, he says it again, we want to play. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out because we don't really know um, how what it's going to look like because they haven't really put together a plan in place. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this unfolding here in the next few days. But let's transition here to contract extension. So the deadline passed earlier this week. A couple notable guys got locked up long term. Uh, first one, Chris Jones, four years, eighty five million, with sixty million guaranteed. And it's interesting to hear everybody like, oh man, how do they have this money to pay Chris Jones? Uh, well, first off. Patrick Mahomes' salary for this upcoming year is $2.7 million. It doesn't really spike until the year three into his contract because he's still playing on a, I think it would be a $25 million player option the year after that. Uh, so he's still very much in good shape. Uh, and the Chiefs are very much in good shape for as far as salary cap goes. Um, obviously, they're going to need to be a little more flexible with it and figure those things out from that point of view. But um, they can easily front load Chris Jones's contract so that uh, they take care of the big money in the first two years when they can afford to, and then when they have to pay Patrick Mahomes, fade out. Uh, and it, who knows what will happen next contract. Either he's going to find a new team or because I don't think they can afford to pay both. But this was a key get for the Chiefs because it not only gives them uh, I mean, one of the best defensive players in the NFL on that defensive tackle spot, but it also gives Patrick Mahomes a little bit more breathing room and a little more help uh, to lock him up, especially here at this point. So great move from the Chiefs. I think it was fantastic. Chris Jones is, you know, he has like eight plays a game where he's one of the best guys in football, one of the the best player in football, period. Uh, and that was a key piece to their, their championship run. I think he should have won MVP. Um, over Patrick Mahomes because he really kept the offense in it by what the defense was doing to stifle the 49ers. Uh, next guy up here, Miles Garrett. And this was a big one. Five years, $125 million with $100 million guaranteed. Uh, I like the move. I think you obviously have to lock it up. Similar situation, Baker Mayfield's on that rookie contract so they can afford to to shell out some extra money. Uh, and this is, you know, this is win now. This is a big year. So getting him locked up long-term is, is very important. Um, I was surprised though. We're talking nearly fully guaranteed, which is shocking for uh, for an NFL contract. You know, most of the time it's um, you know, quarterbacks may get fully guaranteed contracts, but you even look at Patrick Mahomes, and we talked about it last week. You can go back to last week's show and hear how that that contract breaks down. But only 180 million or 150 million is fully guaranteed. Um, you know, so if he suddenly something awful happens to him, like he gets a bad case of the yips and is not the quarterback he was they can get out of it decently well. I mean, all things considered, not fantastic, but um, there's, there's you know, a fully guaranteed contract is rare, but the Browns gave one to Miles Garrett, which I, I don't mind, um, especially where they're at with, you know, Baker and he's still on his rookie deal. And then the final one was a running back. Right at the buzzer, Derrick Henry, four years, $50 million, with only 25.5 guaranteed. Now, this was a little bit surprising to me because, I mean, the why would Derrick Henry go for so little? I mean, he's the rushing rushing leader. Uh, looking at guaranteed money going into the season, Derrick Henry is seventh behind Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I think maybe Derrick Henry could have asked for a little more. And I'm, I'm heavily against signing running backs, but for this money, uh, it makes sense, right? Like worst comes to worst, he falls off a cliff like we see so many running backs do. They've, they've give, they're giving him $6 million a year 
for four years, which is, I mean, he's the franchise tag was 10 million. So even if he plays out the full deal to its full extent, that's $12.5 million a year, which is a bargain considering you think about Zeke signed for six years for whatever the 50 million or not 50 million, 90 million, sorry. And that's going to, you know, he's locked up till like 2026, which is big deal of money for him, especially for a running back who uh, is really talented, but is inevitably going to fall off a cliff due to higher workload. So makes a lot of sense, lock him up for, for a long term. Uh, and I think he could have gotten a little more money, but it's makes perfect sense for the Titans. Um, and this is the rare instance where I'm okay with, with that kind of deal, you know, long-term deal for a running back being thrown around. But the biggest story of the day was not who got signed, but who didn't get signed. Dak Prescott will play out the rest of the year uh, on a $31 million franchise tag. Um, and then if the year after that, they decide to keep him and tag him again, like Kirk Cousins, the Redskins did with Kirk Cousins, they'll be paying him $39 million. Uh, but I, I did see a little tweet and I posted it on Instagram. And this is something to follow here in the next few days. Um, uh, it's his brother, Tad Prescott said, there's a reason I was never a Dallas Cowboys fan growing up or before they drafted Dak. After today, who knows how much longer I'll be cheering for them. Uh, and that was interesting. I think it, it caught me by a, a surprise a little bit. Um, but who knows, you know, is, it was, were our tensions bad? Is, is Tad really in, in tune with what Dak wants and how he's feeling? Um, and if that is the case, you know, what team is going to take him? I think the bears would be in the market for a quarterback. Maybe the Colts, if they're not set on, if Philip Rivers doesn't come back and they're not set on Jacob Eason, uh, the Jaguars could use a guy. Uh, so at the end of next year, if they don't tag him, you know, or maybe even a trade, I want, you know, that's, that's just a hypothetical that, you don't even really think about until it, it happens because quarterbacks just don't get traded. Um, but I think part of the, the bottom line to some of these deals um, that were signed is some sacrifice a little bit of money because you don't know what's going to happen with, you know, once they get back to playing, because obviously they're not going to have fans in the stadiums, which is going to mean loss in revenue. And the first thing that's going to get cut is that salary cap. You know, that's going to be the first thing that, that goes out the door. Um, they're expecting a big spike with this revenue deal coming in 2022, I think, but up until then, I don't know how it's going to look. So uh, I'm excited to see how it makes sense from the financial side of things. But um, yeah, Dak Prescott may be on a new team this time next year. Uh, who knows? But finally, we're going to end the show here with my divisional power rankings, part three. Uh, and it's the Packers at the top of the division. I've still got them winning it. They've got Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're going 10 and 6. Uh, the Vikings, 9-7, and seven, they're going to miss the playoffs. They're tied with the Eagles, I believe, with that 9-7 and seven record. But um, the NFC is tough. I don't have anybody. I have two teams with 9-7 record, um, and they three teams, and they don't make the playoffs. And that's just kind of how it rolls. Uh, so the Vikings, I, I mentioned it. You know, I, I like them. I think they're a solid group. But Kevin Stefanski's gone. He was a big part of their offense what does Delvin Cook have left in the tank? He is coming, you know, he's, he's got a little wear on the tires um, and they lost to Fon Diggs and didn't, didn't get incredibly better. I think they stayed the same, which in other words, they really got worse. Um, but the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers um, and that's going to be a, a big time game changer for him. He's going to win them games that they shouldn't win just because he's at that level. 
Um, and then moving on, the Bears six and ten. I think the defense is great. I think they have uh, done some amazing moves. But if Nick Foles isn't Nick Foles from the Super Bowl, uh, the Bears are are going to be hovering around five hundred. You know, if if they can make a push, I wouldn't be surprised if they bump up a little bit, go nine and seven, ten and six, and could sneak into the playoffs if it makes sense at the quarterback spot. Like that is the biggest contingent right now on their success. And I think a good quarterback play can bump them up three wins because their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games still. Uh, and finally, the Lions coming at 13-3. and three. Uh, Jeff Okuda is going to be a great piece. DeAndre Swift, they're going to get him going. But there's just so many missing pieces here. Uh, I think this is the year Matt Patricia gets fired. Uh, they move on, find a new guy, and, and really start the rebuild. But you got to ask yourself the question, how much longer does Matt Stafford have? You know, he's, I think he's just getting into his early 30s, but he's coming off some serious injuries that he really needs to focus on and, and recover from. But um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for part four of the Divisional Power Rankings, and who knows what's going to happen. Sports are coming back. We're just uh, here a, a couple weeks away from uh, the NBA season starting up again. There's going to be a lot more to talk about. So uh, follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what we can do better. Any guests, any suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.